The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! The NFL's slightly too literally worded equivalent of our beloved Super Sunday theme tune, the grim reality of what would be the Premier League All-Star game, the great minimal backlift brainwashing conspiracy, the untold story of the proverbial half-time fly on a dressing room wall, exploits and exertions, two midweek phenomena explained, and Keys and Grey talk over each other about sacrifice. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 191 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for the adjudication panel, the second of this week, is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? I'm good. I'm now self-conscious about saying how are you because someone picked up on this as if that was a sort of cliche in itself. Which I don't really think it is. I mean, saying I'm good, how are you is just sort of what people say, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if the guy who keeps the spreadsheet going of how we um, interact over how you're doing at the start of every podcast, but I noticed myself the other day that I asked you how you're doing. You said, um, yeah, I'm really good. And I said, yeah, good, thanks. So uh, (laughs) not even waiting for the world. Um, I I can't be bothered to engineer this part of it. It's just early. But it is a bit weird. It is a little bit weird because you know how well Adam is because we've spoke for 10 minutes before the start of the podcast. It's a bit of a frustrating to say. And Adam, you said to me the other day, you said, how are you doing? And and then immediately segued into your first question before I even had the chance to reply to that, to that question. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't care. I don't think our listeners care either. Uh, listeners, we're all fine. That's David Walker, by the way, and it's time for the adjudication panel. Andy England writes in and says, I've been catching up on episodes and just heard the story about Celeste from Dave playing at Glastonbury. But with the NFL starting, have you heard or talked about the Sunday night football song on NBC? Now, Dave, we've, we've talked at length about what would make a perfect Super Sunday song and the Super Sunday producers have clearly hit upon a certain formula they want to stick to. Now, the history of the NBC Sunday Night Football theme tune over in the US is quite something. There's plagiarism, all sorts going in there. And um, let's just listen to this song. I want to listen to it in three parts. Here's the intro from Carrie Underwood's Sunday Night Football theme tune, Waiting for Sunday Night. So at this stage, Dave, I think we're quite, it's quite good parallels here between us and them. Lots of, you know, verbalised vowels at the start, <laughs> emotional yeah. vowels at the start, and then, and then straight into the sentiment straight away. Yeah. And perhaps we'll get onto this later on when we talk about other stuff that's in the headlines. Mm. But it, it, you'll, you'll never get a clearer example of how you just simply cannot transplant some things that work perfectly in the US to over here. No matter how much you think you can or want to or like the US version, mm. can you imagine if they got whoever, Celeste or any any other contemporary singer, 
to sing something like that for Monday Night Football over here. <laughs> and Dave Jones comes off the back of it. Well, that would be going full circle because the original Monday Night Football and Sky's coverage... Uh, was all kind of Americanized with cheerleaders mm. and fireworks, and they had to drop it, didn't they? Because yeah. as much as we were ready for a whole new ball game, we weren't ready for that. But there was still a bit of a there was still a, a quintessential British naffness to it mm. all, which I think sort of can kind of get away with it a little bit. We we just we can't do we can't we cannot do that stuff sincerely and pull right. it off. Exactly right, and I think um, this is where the two concepts begin to divide because I'm about to play you the middle part of the theme tune from NFL Sunday Night Football. And um, one thing I've noticed, it made me realise is that over here, we've never made our intro music to football coverage too literal. It never actually mentions football. It's just about emotions and doing things and reaching the top and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Not for them. Not for them. Commentary over the top, Charlie, is is, is a universal touch, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- th- I mean, obviously, this this song is directly commissioned for its purpose, but um, it's too literal, isn't it? It's too too close to the action, and that that I think increases the naffness. Yeah, it lacks it lacks the subtlety that we want from our uh, our our sport songs. But you do sort of get into it. They they can pull it off, I think, in oh, a yeah, way. It's, like, it's grand enough. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It, it's like it, well, it's it's not dissimilar, Adam, from your thing of you know, if you're gonna sing. Do it unselfconsciously. There'd yeah. be an element where everyone would feel slightly embarrassed if we did that. But they're not. They seem to be giving it the full welly. Now now for the outro, Dave, the song. And now we, we noticed that um, a good outro for a, a sporting live broadcast theme tune really should end a cappella, shouldn't it? Um, don't think they quite nail this. <laughs> Just enough. Just enough. Just enough yeah. high in the mix there, Dave, isn't it? I think, I, yeah, I think she just about nails the, the landing there. Mm. And I, I, But again, when we talk about these things, I mean, if we have got any listeners in the States, I'd be intrigued to hear what their view is of this. Because I, saw, I, do, I do fall into this default position of assuming that they love it. Maybe they think it's shit. It's had a such a strange history, the trajectory of this theme tune. Um, some of them have been lampooned and parodied with an inch of their lives so they're not they don't treat it unironically charlie there there is some level of critical distance over there which you know as there should be but um i do wonder if premier league coverage really did get literal with these lyrics what sort of things would they be singing sort of uh, um pulling up the socks getting out of that tunnel grabbing that ball off that ball plinth and just being ready to go in the good old premier league well you might have we talked about the other day the tough night you know the tough night in stone <laughs> the, the, those sort of thing the kind of Kara and Neville, Shreves, you too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the quintessential element. <laughs> What's the thinking there, Pep? What you gonna do? <laughs> Could do it. Anyway, another American threat to our shores. 
from Jesse the lips of Marsh. Chelsea owner Todd Bowley. The prospect, the idea, the concept of an all-star game to kick off the Premier League season or at some point in the Premier League calendar. Now, I don't want to get into the pros and cons of an all-star game. It's for lesser podcasts to talk about, but it's already a source of some of the lowest rent online football content imaginable. But I, I'm trying to work out where I sat immediately, instinctively, Charlie, where my reaction sat to hearing those words. I wasn't dead against it, but I, I knew that if it did ever happen, it would be shit. Um, but this, this was the first thing that came to my head. It's straightforward. There's no experience of English football. He's come from the US and he's into English football <laughs> and he's now telling everybody in England how to, to organise their football. Keep his mouth shut. Firmly shut. I wasn't sure whether Amazing. to go with LA or Connecticut. <laughs> um, but it took me a long time to try and get my voice and the background noise to match the, um, the old Sky coverage. So I hope everyone appreciates the effort that went into that. That works beautifully. Yes. Similarly... I didn't really care, but I, I went the way of, um, because everyone was so against it, I thought, well, is it actually such a bad idea? And is this kind of a knee-jerk, anti-American, you know, mm. you know, if Keezy reacted like the way most people have, we'd be saying, oh, God, you're so out of touch, Keezy, you know, be open-minded. What do you think he'll think about it then, Charlie? Nonsense. He will address it, won't he? Nonsense. Yeah. I think he will, yeah. You think well... he'd be anti-All-Star anti, um, game? I yes. think he might suggest that we could have it here in Doha. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Andy? Yeah, because I think he'd he'd see it as so against the fabric of the English game. You can't have Manchester United. But I, I know, I know. Even though obviously they do do that for England, but that's different, isn't it? I think Keezy will be for it, and McAteer will be properly level-headedly against it, and then they will have their debate about it. Four-minute debate. Yeah, but I mean. Dave, the, the central theme to this has been the idea that it would be North versus South and um, yeah. lots of cringeworthy 11s already being constructed on the basis of that. Are there are there better, um, subtler ways to divide the Premier League players roughly 50-50? I, I do, I confess that I, I do sometimes find myself seduced by the idea of these things. But then, as discussed, I think the minute you sort of try and break them down and actually get into the weeds, you just know that the reality would just fall flat and it would be... It would be soccer AD, wouldn't it? It'd we be, don't it need would... a half-hearted football game, do we? Because that's what it would no. be. And, 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 and I think, again, to, to my earlier point, I think I, I do think if you ask a lot of the American sports fans that when they have the mm. uh, All-Star Games, the Pro Bowl, all that stuff, like they don't like it. It's rubbish. The play, the, they, they're worried about their players getting injured. Like it, 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 but, but I don't know. It makes money, all that stuff. I'm but stunned I, that there's an NFL All-Star Game, actually, um, yeah. like concept, because how can you play that? At any other it's gear than exactly, the shit and out it's of each such other. a complicated game. You know yeah. all the plays and stuff. But mm. I guess you know, I guess they can just do it. They can just they can just go through yeah. the motions, whatever. It's, they know how to do it. But I, I did reply. I replied to to um, the Athletics Carl Anker yesterday on Twitter when this was going round. And I just off the top of my head, I was thinking rather than North and South, could you do it where you so twenty teams, you split the league into four, five four sections of five and you take the, the top five and the bottom five are a team and then the two middles are a team and you take two players from each. But then I think that still you'd still have all the best players on one side, which would, but you also would have some shit. You'd have to have some Bournemouth and, you know, some Watford or Norwich <laughs> or whoever was in the league that season. I mean, the, the fundamental problem I think I have with it is that I don't think anyone really identifies... Uh, their team with their region. I mean, I don't think you know these aren't really arguments people are having. You know, is London what? What I think would be int what would be more interesting is if you did a match, 
you'd obviously have to exclude all the players who weren't from England. But if you did a who, you know, you talk about footballing hotbeds. Yeah. If you did a a team made up of just players, say, born or who grew up in the South compared to the North, that would be reasonably interesting, I think, because that's mm. a conversation people have over. Oh, it's a real golden age for Croydon and South East London. Yeah, just just do the cage footballers from South East London versus Newcastle. Just that they're the two hotbeds. Nobody else matters. Just those two. That's Leave it yeah. There. Yeah, let's just reduce it to that. Let's just have that every year. It's um, like the piece Michael Cox wrote for The Athletic last year about all the footballers from the best footballer from each county. Mm, mm. And I think he included Erling Haaland in Yorkshire, <laughs> uh, I believe. He did, yeah. He's born there, yeah. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that mid-pandemic content? I hope so. Anyway, um, anyway <laughs> next up, um, transfers that just sound right. Um, just days, Charlie. After missing out on a um, move to Fenerbahce, I believe, James Rodriguez has gone to Olympiacos on a loan deal. That's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah, I'm just trying to think where he is in the sort of Middle East uh, phase of his... If that's still oh, he's to come. Done, has he's, he, done he's done that already. Yeah, yeah. It's a great parachuting to the end of his career, Dave. Um, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich on loan, then Everton, Al Rayan, and then Olympiacos on loan. I mean, it's a very gentle landing for James. Yeah, it's perfect. Al Rayan and Qatari, I think. He played in the Qatar League. Okay. The thing is, because I think he's still young enough. So he's only 31. So you can... It's like there... I think I heard someone the other day say that... Um, I think Oscar, you know, the old Chelsea player, is still yeah. only 30. And he's been in China or whatever for quite a few years. And it's like, if you do if you do take the money at a young age and you go over and play in a footballing backwater, um, then you can come back. You come back and play for Olympiacos, and they're you know they're they in the really Europa League, Champions League, whatever. Europa, I believe. Yeah. So you know, yeah, he's still mm. still good enough to do that. Waiting all day for Thursday night, James Rodriguez. <laughs> um, Nick Wells writes in Charlie. This is great. Things overheard at kids' football matches. He would have said, "I was wandering by a youth match this past weekend and heard one dad yell repeatedly at his son to change the game." I need the panel's thoughts on this. Now, obviously, what the dad was saying sort of impact the game, mm. make you know, um, make an impact, sorry, what he was obviously saying was impact the game, make, get yourself involved and, and and change things yourself. But I like to kind of <laughs> interpret this on a kind of meta level and say, you know, change the game, like be Cruyff, like <laughs> fundamentally, change the whole landscape of football. <laughs> You've got to aim high, haven't you? With, um, your, with your eight-year-old. Well, I really hope the kid turned around and went, what? What do you Sorry, what? explain that. What do you mean, Dad? I hope the kid came off the pitch and then immediately set about changing football's labour laws or something like that and having a ruling named after him or something like that. See, Dad? I did it. I did it. <laughs> that was what um, Bosman's dad said to him as a kid. Change the landscape of football transfers forever. Do it. But yeah, enjoyed that. Right, uh, Nathan Marsden writes in, Charlie, and says, in your view, how fast does your shot have to be to be described as travelling? How fast does it have to be to be described as really travelling? And why is it only the block shots qualify for both of these descriptions? You couldn't say that really travelled into the top corner, for example. You have to say he's blocked it and that was really travelling. Thoughts appreciated. What is it about the word travelling that suits shots that didn't make it? Well, that you're talking about it, I think, because you're, you're, the, the point you're making is about how much it will have hurt the player who made the block. And so to really emphasise that, you need a word um, that conveys that, I suppose. But, you, I mean, that, that you know, he's... Oh, God, and that was travelling. Because if it did get to its destination and 
impacted the goal, Dave, the fact that it travelled would become rather secondary, I suppose. Definitely. What, shot, what kind of shots are we thinking about here then? I think you could have a free kick, maybe. That was true. It was travelling into, you know, that was really travelling, but the walls jumped. Or, yeah, as Charlie said, like a blocked shot. Someone's absolutely hammered it towards goal, but it's, I don't think a, ke- I don't think a keeper would save it. I think it, I think it uh, has to be a defender gets his head on it or gets his body okay. in the way or something yeah okay i imagine it sort of cleared out and then the the defender is charging out and a guy catches it on the half volley really mm. catches it well smashes it but the guy charging out and it, it catches him mm. so oof, that, i mean that was traveling and i think also it, it it could be a shot that it isn't obvious from the passage of play that it that it you know it might even be one that wouldn't be counted as a shot on target okay. it, 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 it but when they see the replay they go oh well, that one was really travelling. It becomes apparent afterwards that maybe that one was going in. But okay. in the general passage of play, because of, maybe because of the proximity between the ball and the player that, that blocked it, it sort of wasn't viewed as mm. like a big chance. Is it exactly the same type of shot, Charlie, as a shot that stays hit? But shots that stay hit can't be blocked, right? They have to yeah. hit the target or narrowly miss. Could you narrowly miss with a shot that stays hit? Stay, maybe. I mean, hit. I mean, I think, yeah, stayed hit need to travel. <laughs> travel. They they need to move for a longer period of time, complete so that you journey. know that they've stayed. Yeah, complete their journey. You know, you need to know that they've stayed hit. If they get blocked early on in a way that with that shot that was travelling, you wouldn't necessarily know that. But this is crucial, Dave. Do shots that stay hit have to go in? I'm. I don't want to get into a come with a man situation here, so I'm leaving it to you. <laughs> I can see it happening. I think. I think yes. It stayed hit. He's hit it and it stayed hit. It has to hit. go in, doesn't it? Yeah. I and agree. that's going into the top corner. Yeah, woodwork's no good. Shot into a crowd, that's no, no. good. Yeah, it's got to go in, isn't it? Stayed hit. Absolutely. Fair enough. And I think but travelling is an interesting word because it doesn't it doesn't immediately convey speed. Travel sort of, to me, to my mind, travelling is quite a sort of leisurely pursuit. You know, unless you're on the bullet train. No, <laughs> travelling is definitely a speed, force, power thing. Yeah, no, I, yeah, in this in this context, yes, but I mean, just mm. in terms of picking that word to describe <laughs> it is is a slightly odd one. Mm, yeah, no, it is, it is strange. Mm. It is strange. There are so many ways you can travel. Yeah, but given its narrow context, even stranger. Um, this is a curious one as well, actually, Charlie. I never really thought about this before, although I do like it. This is from Matthew Allison, who says, "Can you adjudicate on the concept of very little backlift, or what I would describe as minimal backlift?" Convinced this is constantly mistaken for just getting a shot off quickly and is a bit of a made-up thing. Well, what a bold claim at the end there. I don't know, actually. Like, mm. It's probably not something they're trained for. Is it just a quirk of biomechanics that they happen to hit the ball like that? I don't know. If, I mean, I think that he's hit it with minimal backlift. I think there is a certain... love minimal yeah, backlift. I think there is a certain skill to that. You know, that you're, the ball drops to you you don't have the time to really line up for it, but you sort of manoeuvre your body quite skillfully and manage to kind of dig out a shot. And and obviously, if you can generate a lot of power, power, then that's a kind of a credit to how effectively you've backlifted. Mm-hmm. Who's the first player that comes to mind when you think of minimal backlift? Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Exactly. And I'm sure he, you know, not just lots of his goals could have fall under that category but was there like a free kick he scored a free kick barely, but like a one step run up free City, kick wasn't it? yeah mm. and I, I think it's something to do with that as well so if, if you were to look at say David Beckham and it's all about the back lift and the arm going up and the, and the whole and yeah. it's 
Whereas, maximum I suppose, mm. I suppose golfing, you know, if you look at it in some, from a golfing sort of perspective, it would be like you just sort of, when, you, when it, some people some people away. can sort of punch it with the driver and not have the, the, the club all the way above their head. They can like just sweeping kind of, leaves. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Pushing and I, it. Yeah. It's, it, it, I, and I think there is a run, like, people maybe will say very little backlift when maybe they just mean he didn't take a big run up sometimes yeah I, I this is i think this is possibly where matthew allison is is thinking charlie is is where minimal backlift is misdiagnosed yeah it's not actually the the technique they used to shoot they just happen to have shot quite quickly or something like that i don't I, like it when it's misdiagnosed i, I don't think I, mean, I don't think of it in relation to free kicks as a minimal backlift mm. i think that's something slightly Snapshots. different yeah, because you're doing, you're choosing to do that. I think the the to me a min- minimal backlift is you're you're reacting to a situation. Yeah, snapshot. It is quite um, mm. taking mm. a snapshot. But to use Hasselbank as an example, like the, the the notable thing about him is when he he manages to hit the ball so hard through with minimal backlift, through, with, with minimal backlift or effort. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's yeah. not a big. Doesn't look like he's putting much into it, and yet it fires off his foot like a rocket. Well, I'm I'm convinced it's a thing. Um, uh, and to an extent, I'm quite surprised no one's ever written about it because you think you think it would be a, a worthy thing to write about. Maybe someone should it's, um, analyse it's, backlift. It's, it's actually the perfect thing for us to include in our next live show. Yeah, it's a very body languagey visual thing that we're trying to describe here. I actually um, in the sort of early knockings of planning for the football cliches live shows, which of course will be hitting. London, Manchester and Dublin in early to mid-November. Such was the success of the Body Language 11 at the first live show in London back in July, Dave. I'm thinking all sorts of possible kind of body language things, avenues that we could go down. I'm very excited about this. I think it's, yeah. I think it's the perfect live show material. I'm really excited. I had one like a few days after that came in my head. I was so annoyed. I'm, I'm writing them all down. I'm just yeah, random I, little notes. I, I've got this one. That's I'm I'm genuinely really looking forward to it. Should we do? Should we do body language again? Should we? Should we? Should we sort of pepper the live show with body language? I think it's I think it's a hit personally. Yeah, I think so. Also because there, like we we've all as you said, we've all got one since then that that we really you know that was that was great. But we've you know since it we've we've picked up little things. really subtle ones as well that yeah. I think will delight the masses and uh, well and indeed the, the fine people of Manchester and Dublin didn't see the uh, probably mm. didn't see the first body language eleven so mm. a lot flew over for it not that we're going to recycle it we'd never recycle it absolutely not no it's going to be a brand new thing and um, with brand new body language if if any of that random chat appeals to you please go to myticket.co.uk and we'll be right there to purchase your tickets for london manchester or dublin or just google <laughs> football clichés live and it'll be right there now that site implies we'll be buying the tickets for you that is absolutely not what's no happening. absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there just waiting <laughs> to not help for you profit with your ticket exercise. Yeah. oh look at that Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Right, after that very technical shooting chat, um, let's get on to some Champions League business for this midweek. That's why we're here after all. Fascinate, I mean, co-commentators Charlie, always particularly fascinated by what might have been said in the dressing room at half-time. Um, here's Don Hutchison on Bayern's impressive second half showing against Barcelona. Flick back to Muller. Muller able to turn. And he was rocking back as he hit it. Not easy. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. I'd pay money to be on the fly on the wall to see what Nagelsmann said to this buy inside at half-time. It's been astonishing to turn around. How is your German? Not good. Would have been a waste of money being that fly of him, wouldn't it? 
think the body language would have told you a thing or two. Really good evolution here, Charlie, of the fly on the wall in the dressing room at halftime concept. First of all, one that you'd have to pay to do it. I never even considered that flies <laughs> would have to pay to be there. Uh, I thought they just got in for free. <laughs> <laughs> that, I really like that little... Uh, That's the main benefit of being sense. a fly, surely. Yeah, crawl under the door, no one sees you, you're there. How much would yeah, it be? Yeah, that's good. I like the uh, that idea, though, of being a fly on the wall. You get in and then you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I, can't, I don't actually speak German. This is Yeah, really what language do flies speak? Again, <laughs> Guy Mowbray. <laughs> it's an important question and he's raised it. What language do they speak? Well, that's a good question. Are you yourself... Do you turn into a fly? I was assuming, assuming you are yourself... But you have the appearance of a fly, which is right. why you like Jeff of... Goldblum in the film. <laughs> that that, but that, that's sense. why I think that's why I think the payment aspect is flawed because you're allowed in because they just they think you're a fly. I never in. considered the mechanism of this, Dave. The idea that you make the deal with the devil and said, "I want to be a fly on the wall in this dressing room at half time," but and the devil says, "Well, by the way, you don't have your consciousness. You have the consciousness of a fly. So any memories you might have, they're all gone. You don't know anything <laughs> except about being a fly. Whether your comprehension of football will be enough." Or if you speak German Ah, fuck! Now I'm a fly! I fucked it! (laughs) I don't even know what they're saying! I don't even know what these people are! Who are these things? Where am I? Oh shit, I've been swatted. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) flies on the dressing room. Didn't know you had to pay. And uh, just just make sure you speak in the right language as you transition to fly. Right, um, Ross FJ writes in, Dave, says, Ian Dark was commentator for the Spurs game on Tuesday in Lisbon, and his voice is so Monday night football. I wonder what the panel thought other past or present commentators' voices remind them of specific games or other. So let's do it in a kind of plan out the football week. So if Ian Dark's your Monday night football man, who's your... Uh... Well, I mean, the, the, we just had a perfect example. Guy Mowbray commentating on mm. the Champions League. Oh, no, that felt weird. Very strange. Mm. Yeah. So he's what match of the day game. He's one, matched. Right? He's matched yeah, the day yeah, yeah. big game. Yeah, mm. on a Saturday night or FA Cup final or World okay. Cup final or whatever. I'll, I'll give you names. Let's do it this way. I'll give you names, and you've got to tell me where they fit into the weekly football schedule. Uh, well, of just any first time. as well, I do think Ian Dark has some competition for Rob Hawthorne, who in my mind is a real maybe going back a bit, but he's a Rob. real Monday night mm. football man. Alan yeah. Parry. Yes, Parry's Monday. Parry's huge. Parry what? Parry was. Re- he used to have that gig. Nailed down. Mm. So Ian Ian Dark for me is just completely Europa League now. I associate yeah, with BT Sport, I, I, I or, or Champions that. League, but yeah, sort of, I, th- I think of him more um, his BT Sport gig than I would on a Monday. Tony Gubba, I would say BBC Goal of the Month, just commentating over the top of Matt Letizia mid nineties Goal of the Month. Mm-hmm. What about? So let's go for easy one, Dave. John Motson, where where's he commentating in our? Fantasy week of football. Well, um, I think Motti is FA Cup final. Oh, okay. Barry Davis, Charlie? Well, I mean, they famously had that sort of battle, didn't they, to do Wim- Wimbledon finals final. and World Cup finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wimbledon finals. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if Motson's got FA Cup final, I would I would almost move Davis to major tournament. So a kind of big, big World Cup game. Jonathan Pierce, Thursday nights, Channel 5? Well, certainly the sort of the early iteration of him but no now I would think of him as sort of fourth game or match of the day okay. um, mm. a sort of slightly jaunty the last time this team won the Beatles were top of the pops and you know that kind of intro mm. because it's not a massive game it's a, it's one 
where there's you know it's maybe slightly more there's scope for lightheartedness he has been popping up in all sorts of locations the last few years and i'm con- i'm almost constantly surprised to hear him wherever he does here wherever he appears like league let's go for bill leslie friday night and uh, let's go for gary weaver saturday lunchtime championship yes um, seb hutchinson can do the um early sunday game easing us in yeah uh, Tyler's obviously Sunday afternoon. This is this all works out. Everyone's got well, their place. Perfect. And what S- Saturday twelve thirty? Darren Fletcher is your main. Or man Fle- on BT. Yeah, Fletch. Fletch yeah. is probably doing. He, it. Fle- yeah. uh, Fletch is Saturday perfect. lunchtime on BT with Macca. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, that's perfect. Glenn Hoddle maybe. Mm. Um, what about uh, Robin Cowan? Sort of second on match of the day, second or yeah. third on match of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday five thirty game. It's the one that no one watches, isn't it? If you do see it with the untelevised, well, no, but if you do see it, you're often quite often in a pub or something with the sound Mm. not on on a Saturday five thirty. Oh right, yeah, you see what I mean. Um, But it's it's Sky, isn't it? It's Sky. It's Sky. Yeah, we've done them all. We haven't got anybody left. Leslie's gonna have to do two games. That's it. That's it. Bill Leslie. I mean, I did hear Weaver did a couple of Saturday five thirties last season. And you know if he can get there in time from from the championship early game, or Hawthorne as well. Or could, could be Hawthorne, yeah. Oh, this is petering out. Um, next up, from <laughs> elsewhere in Lisbon, John Nufc writes in and says, uh, "Owen Hargreaves, Charlie, just described Hugo Lloris's save as last ditch. Surely a save can't be last ditch. This is clear cut, isn't it? I can't mention any global controversies about this. Saves no. can't be last ditch. They are by definition yeah. the last line of defense. <laughs> last ditches are for tackles." Hmm. But specifically, what kind? Sort of those crunching, massively over-aggressive tackles that you're allowed to get away with because a striker's shooting from a tight angle. Yeah, sliding in, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. You're 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 making a block often whilst there, and then you might, yeah, your your follow through might take the man, but it's sort of allowed. Are sort of unchallenged clearances off the line, Dave? Last ditch. So you're mm. there. It would be it'd be worse if you hadn't cleared it off the line. That... They're not last ditch, are they? Mm. Could that be described as last-ditch defending? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I see what you mean. Nice sort of bit of separation there. Mm. Sort of a last-ditch clearance will be sort of Ashley Cole-style, just about getting there as it's about to go in. Yeah. Situation. Okay, yeah, agreed. It has, to, it has with, to be an um, element of desperation. With a goalkeeper, what if, say, the goalkeeper was out, had come out of his goal for some reason mm. and, then, and then the ball had sort of gone past him or whatever and they managed to... Scuttle back and claw it out of the goal, or just sort of. Uh, no, I still don't think that was last ditch. It's the goalkeeper's job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because it's t- it's unremarkable that it's last ditch. Yeah. That's the point. Like it might it might be the same. It might be the same distance from goal or even closer. But that's that's what he's doing. What if the goalkeeper for? tackles someone outside the area? Still don't think Slide it. tackle. Don't, I don't think it's a last ditch no. tackle. No. That's okay. I'm just stress testing it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Be irresponsible not to. But um, okay. Well, on on a similar level of difficulty, how about this from Paul Milligan? Charlie it says BBC Sport describes Spurs as slumping to a two 0 defeat against Sporting Lisbon. Slumping doesn't feel right for two 90th minute goals. I think he's right. Slumping has to be a kind of a thing across the 90 minutes you had to produce an abject performance and you had to be beaten across the 90 minutes right yeah that feels more like a late collapse yeah um collapse. or if you were doing if you were covering sporting mm. a late show mm. <laughs> when, when you're focusing more on the the positives um yeah i know what you mean about a slump that that does ha- that does imply a sort of uh a longer lead time mm. I agree. Right. Dave Freddy writes in and says, BT Sport referred to Ajax as the Dutch. K 
Can teams be referred to as their nation if the team consists of multiple nationalities? It felt okay, but also weird to do. I'd have to say, in 2022, this feels increasingly uncomfortable thing to hear. You can't have Ajax as the Dutch, can you? Or can you? No, not if you're sort of specifically referencing that particular set of players, but if you're sort of talking about them as a club... It's more of a mid-level thing. It's not the club, and it's not necessarily this set of players. It's more about the, the concept of them on this evening as the Dutch. Maybe it is okay. It's 50-50. But don't, don't you just go the Dutch Giants or something <laughs> if, you want to go down, yeah. if you want to go down that road. I, I think yeah. you need a Giants or a something, Dutch outfit. I, th- I, I think feel just sorry. There. I feel sorry for people who come from a country where they don't have definitive Giants. <laughs> do, we have, do you reckon they talk about English Giants? They English Giants. Do. They must do. The big six are our Giants, right? So that, is, does, that, does that translate across quite well? Are our big six the Giants? But I, I don't know because I think it implies it's it's a relative thing. And so they're Giants because they tower, like the, the Spanish Giants, obviously Real Madrid and Barcelona, tower over everyone else, historically, etc. Ajax, obviously, in Holland, tower over everyone else in Holland. Whereas I'm not sure you can have six Giants. You can have, well, you've got three Turkish Giants. That's okay, isn't it? Yeah, or, or, or Portugal. I think you've, yeah. got, you've got three Giants. I think anything more than than that. Six giants, it yeah. It, yeah, six, six giants. giants. It's a again, the English giants. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Again, because like we were saying with a goalkeeper making a last-ditch save, becoming too unremarkable. Yeah. I think if six giants, you're then, well, it's almost like... You're in the land of the giants at that point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Giants. That's what we are. Normalising giants. I agree. Mm. Okay, interesting one. But yeah, Charlie, how do you feel about Ajax as the Dutch specifically? I no, mean, I think yeah, I think can't have it what, what, what was the, has he given the sentence that it was used in? No. I think I mean I just can't imagine that not sounding a bit jarring. Mm. Mm. Yeah, if each reference if you could send in a full sentence with <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not, not to call him out for not doing his homework. People who make me go and find it in the game. <laughs> disgrace. Record it yourself, even if it's on your phone. Send it to me that way. We will waste a lot details. of time doing this. You never know what sort of content I could be missing out on as a result. Things like this, for example. <laughs> Gauntlet Boy writes in, Dave, says, I was reading a page from an old Hartlepool match programme and it mentioned we'd be welcoming Wrexham to the Vic following their cup exploits. What are the rules in defining cup <laughs> exploits? Now, exploits, I think, are a almost overwhelmingly midweek thing. I feel very careful of making massive pronouncements now, but exploits are a thing in a different <laughs> competition ideally midweek and then you come back to the bread and butter of league action at the weekend and said oh, never guess what i was up to in the middle of the week my exploits exploits yeah particularly say if you've had yeah if you've had some fa cup replays mm, that's an exploit. so like um newport had a you know they had a little run didn't they a couple of times in the fa cup recently this is a good shout this yeah. is a great shout if you're returning to a much much lower level than your exploits were in in the midweek mm. um and you say you were playing like a Premier League team. They played Spurs at Wembley, didn't they? Yeah, that's a huge exploit, uh, plural. It's important, Charlie, not to get exploits confused with exertions, which I think are for international duty. International exertions. But could you, could you have international exploits? If you scored, maybe if you scored. After, yeah, after his international exploits. I think you could if you know, a player had been recently called up, say, and, and they was, you know, he understandably looked jaded after his international exploits. Mm. I, th- I think you, know, you could sort of, as a way of allowing that. Exploits yeah, I, do I, make you jaded, it's true. I, but you might, have, you might have a spring in your step. After your international exploits. If you scored a hat-trick for your country in midweek and you come back and think, could this be the the, the lift that he needs? Dave, would you use the word exploits in general conversation? I can't think of where I would squeeze it in. Exploits. Mm. 
no, sexual exploits? You can have sexual mm, exploits. No, I don't think you'd use that. No? You wouldn't. I mean, why would you? No. <laughs> I don't think after, you would. After his exploits. Sexual exploits. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I think exertions as well. You could have um, after a midweek European game. So it could be like after their exertions in Madrid on Wednesday or something. To, to explain why they looked sluggish for the 12.30 game away at Newcastle or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, that works. Yeah, exertions are more of a negative connotation, more of yeah. an excuse. Exploits are just a thing that happened. But exploits are, is not a, it's not a very positive word, is it? Exploiting well, it's, someone. It's not, it's not typically, you're right, but it is. it definitely is in football. Their midweek exploits. I mean, even... I think you can broaden it out, though. You know, you could talk about a team, and you'll know Notts County from their exploits in the FA Cup last season, which is kind of just shorthand for they went on a run in the FA mm. Cup last season that you'll be aware of. Mm. The, the the noun exploits, or plural noun exploits, isn't quite as uh, cynical as the verb. It comes from the Latin explicare, which simply means to unfold. Right. So it's just things that happened. That's all. Events. So it's nothing to do with exploiting stuff necessarily. Interesting. Well, that that yes, that that makes more sense. Uh, but speaking of um, things that happen in other places, let's go over to Doha. Ford Super Sunday. Now, um, yeah, an unexpected Keys and Grey corner because I, mean, I didn't think... I was trying to piece the timeline together of this, Charlie, because I wasn't expecting to have a Keys and Grey corner available to us mm. on this Wednesday morning. But um, uh, So Keyesy obviously flew back to pay his respects to the UK, tweet about it, and then flew back to Doha to pick up some Champions League duty. That's pretty much... The sort of mm. dedication I'd expect from Richie Keyes. Yeah, it must have been a short, short trip for him. I mean, I wonder how, yeah, whether he wanted to stay longer or whether he felt it was just a sort of... He, he didn't do a Dan Wooten, though. He didn't, he didn't, we didn't get a video of him laying flowers anywhere. Which I was slightly disappointed about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I wasn't expecting such a, a quick return. Anyway, so here they were on Champions League duty with a, with a stellar pundit partnership of Jason McAteer and Marcel Desailly talking for some reason, I have no idea why, about sacrifice. Now, this is a four—it's a four-minute-long debate about whether footballers actually make sacrifices or not. It starts off quite gently. Modern footballers don't sacrifice a lot, do they? They paid a lot of money. They're flown around the world in, yeah, in well, seven well, well, like, they not, Listen, whether they not get paid a lot of money, listen, they, they don't accept what he's telling us. Richard, you know, <laughs> they get paid what they get paid. So we're off to a, a textbook start here, Charlie. Someone um, sort of putting out, out there as devil's advocate, do footballers really need to be earning this much money or, or peripheral debates? And someone's saying, well, you know, that's, you know that's, that's the job. So standard start, right? Nothing nothing unusual there? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, he he, he does also lead in, Keys, with a sort of you You said earlier this, Jason. You couldn't possibly have really meant that, <laughs> could you? Yeah. Just really, really backs him into a corner. Mm. But... um. You know, one of the things we kind of talk about with Keys and Grey Dave, almost in their favour, is that they're still good broadcasters, right? They're still at the top of their game to some respects. And we, we think of that some sort of redeeming feature for them. But I'm starting to doubt this because about two and a half minutes later, two and a half minutes later, this is where the debate got to. A complete, utter 
chaotic situation. Virgil van Dijk, what's the rest <laughs> of his night include? It includes probably massage, rub down, nice warm bath. Yeah. Because he's uh, getting ready to play into, again. He's getting ready to play again. To get there, to get there already, it's, it's something. Nice. You know suit. that it's, it's I know, I know only the elite. And, and the, the word sacrifice is not, is not a great No, you have to use it. You can use it. Because if a supporter was sitting listening to you, can use it because you don't compare with the to his multi-million pound home. Yeah, and we agree that as a footballer, you are you are, <laughs> reward, you, are, you, are you are you are sort of lucky. But so you every now and again, it. he's he, uh, it, 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 it's. Did you think look, I'm not. I'm not taking. Yes. I'm not what saying. Uh, I, I, I the the effort to stay fit. What were you sacrificing? It's, it's a challenge to stay fit. By the way, to give your you best. Want to try I was drinking six, yes, six liters of challenge. water every day. I was doing my reinforcement, muscular reinforcement, mm -hmm. out of the training session yeah. that we're having. I was sleeping. Is part of it. I was sleeping around <laughs> ten hours. Yes, you joke. I That's know. a big sacrifice. You, yes. <laughs> no, but I mean to last, to have that consistency, yes. and to stay at the highest yes. level. You have key things that you have to do to stay you understand the yes, level I, I, i'm not arguing with what you we yeah. have to do to stay what we did Jordan i'm not Anderson. arguing with that okay. but what i'm saying to it's you an is, enormously we can, we can still the use the sacrifice words what? into the into yeah, the football system obviously no that was just a complete broadcasting mess dave but it did get me thinking you know we, we we're often encouraged to equate proper football conversations with the sorts of conversations you might have in a pub with friends because that's considered to be the real discourse of football yeah and um, yeah. maybe this is closer to that but it did sometimes in the middle of that chaos you've got four people talking over each other no one's really sure who to address um their point to but sometimes when you're talking in a pub and you notice that the person you're supposed to be talking to isn't listening but at the corner of your eye you see someone who is looking at you so you turn to them and start talking to them instead yeah that's basically how the being dynamic works <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have to really casually just go, actually, I am talking to you. Yes, you. Down at the B in arms. <laughs> <laughs> no one would ever have a conversation like that in the pub, though. If you're getting that high pitched in the pub and there's four of you talking over each other, like you would just you'd stop. You just give up, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. let you'd let the you'd let the, uh, the, the, the pub bore, as it were, <laughs> carry on. Give the baby their bottle. Keezy's ability, Charlie, just to muscle in just at the right time. It's almost like parting the Red Sea mm. verbally, just getting his point in. It is a talent. It is a talent. As you said, he is that kind of Thomas Muller, Meza Ozil, <laughs> that ability to find space and tight areas. It really is incredible. Richard Raumdeuter Keys. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, yeah, a short but sweet Keys in Grey Corner, but still epitomising the pair of them. Um, thanks very much, David Walker, for a second adjudication panel appearance of the week. Thank you. Good exploits from you. Thanks to you, Charlie, for your adjudication panel exertions. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you later. The Athletic. <laughs>